Perfect. I almost just pressed leave meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because that, that was the first button that came up was uh, leave meeting. What's yeah. your favorite Kanye album? Oh, what's my favorite Kanye album? Oh boy, that's a that's a whole can of worms. Um, I I think um, my favorite personally is um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. What about you guys? Are you guys all big Kanye fans? Who wants to do it, Ross? I could do it. Should I wait till Jack comes back in, or are we are we good to get You're started? You're communications major. I I, I am I am. <laughs> all right. Uh, what's up, Beach Fuzz? You're listening to the Baz Reviews Bazcast. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 18 of the Baz Reviews Bazcast. And today I'm joined by some, some great lads here, Ross, John, Jack D, Jack V, and Eric of the Philadelphia-based surf rock group who are the self-proclaimed writers of Indie Jams for the Masses, Beach Fuzz. How you guys doing tonight? Great. Good. good. Excellent. That's good. I, um, well, thank you guys again for sitting down and talking. Um, you guys are off to a great start with your music career, especially um, over on the tiktok side of things here um you guys heard about um 16,000 followers right now and like 170,000 plus likes like what have been your general reactions to like the success you've had on the app so far <laughs> it's pretty wild because we weren't really expecting it like i i originally made the account just to like i don't know just as like a one-off thing we didn't really expect much from it and then after posting after a while, we had like a few videos that did really well and it just kind of kept going from there. And then that kind of boosted the rest of our pages and had a good effect on everything, which was <laughs> nice to see. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys have definitely been um, the masters of that app so far. And it's funny, I've seen you guys, um, I was telling Jack this the other day, I saw him on my For You page and I've seen you guys on my For You page a couple times now, so that's funny. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, it's really cool the way the app works, just kind of like, just content, just kind of like funnels into you. Like you kind of don't really get to, totally choose what you see so it's like just kind of based off what you like and it's just really cool that we've been able to reach this totally new group of people that might not have uh found our music otherwise and just um yeah it seems like we've heard just like a lot of people have been telling us that that they've liked and it's just been it's been really cool we were at like one maybe 1k monthly listeners in march and then as of today i think we're around fifty thousand on spotify that's crazy our gram our instagram followers went up maybe like 1600 around up to today it it was we had one video that went up to like maybe 250k on talk and then from there from there it just uh, skyrocketed so so i guess it's been like a month and maybe a little over a month and a half since then but it's kind of crazy how quickly it happened yeah, it's crazy how TikTok does that. Um, you look at guys like Arizona Zervis who did Roxanne or The Box by Roddy Rich. It's like just like 15 seconds of a song can like make you famous. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. True. Um, but I guess going back to the start of things here, I just wanted to ask each of you about your influences. Like, you know, which albums or artists inspired you guys to want to start a music career in the first place? Uh, I feel like a, a band for me that was big into like actually wanting to get into like writing songs and playing shows was uh twin peaks and the districts were were big um for me especially as i was the districts being a philadelphia based band um just like hearing they've they've come up 
playing house shows and all that kind of stuff was just kind of really similar to the, to the direction that we were thinking about taking. So that was just like super, like, it was like really inspiring me, inspiring for me to really, that was like the first band I found that was really doing that, that I like really loved their music and still love their music. And I think that um, just kind of like made me feel like it was a, it was like possible and it seemed very fun, very cool. And then Tame, Paula, big one, production and everything. Um, Yeah, it's been definitely changing as I've just been finding new music and everything. But yeah, those were kind of the ones that, made me want to want to do it and like spend a, like spend a decent amount of my time doing it and like what made me feel like it was something that was really cool and really fun i think like two of my biggest influences are definitely tame impala you <laughs> <laughs> guys know this that i just have like some really weird obsession with tame impala and it's like since currents came out i just he's been my like favorite artist totally like fell in love with his music and you know i found out that he like does everything himself and that's uh inspired me to like just keep trying to play like new instruments because i started on drums i just thought like if this guy can just figure out how to do all this stuff himself like why don't i just keep trying to push myself and keep writing new music on different instruments but also just i mean the beatles are like the greatest yeah some of the greatest songwriters to ever exist and beatles yeah. probably a big influence for all of us yeah yeah that's like a collective right. love those two yeah i mean i, I love both um tame impala and the beatles i um my recent podcast episode was actually me ranking all of the uh the beatles records so if you're interested in that um go check it out what are your like favorite records from them Abbey Road. Uh, yeah, say Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be. Yeah. We played um at a show we played back in October. We just for fun. It was at, it was around the 50th anniversary thing, and now it's just kind of like our we use that as like almost like our excuse to like finally be able to like to to do it. But we we were able to like play part of the Abbey Road medley at a show. Oh, that's sweet. And it was fun. Yeah, it was just yeah, really cool. The, the suit suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. turned out pretty good. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of their most um, like creative ventures, especially with the medley on the back half. Um, but I think really it was like the best blend of like that later songwriting and the production. It's not like one really takes over the other. I think. Yeah, on that yeah. it's not a bad song on that album. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely top three for me. I have to say, um, uh, Revolver is my personal favorite. It's one that's really stuck with me from like the beginning of when I first got into music and until now. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible album. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a question here for um, uh, Jack D. Actually, so why do you think Ringo Starr is the best drummer of all time? Uh, I don't know if I can say that he is the best drummer of all time. Maybe the most influential drummer of all time. Um, I feel like technically he's not, but in terms of ins- inspiring other people, he's probably the most influential because he used like match grip. That's all drummy stuff. That's not important. But just like because the Beatles are so big, everybody wanted to be like them, and like he just had good time, good feel, did what he needed to do. John, what do you think? Yeah, I, he, I for sure his playing has really inspired me. Like I just feel like. He always knows exactly, like, you know, what to play in terms of, like, technicality. He doesn't, like, overplay. He doesn't play in front of the other, the other three, you know. He's really just, like, 
sits back in the music, but, you know, keeps everything tied together really well. Exactly. Um, especially because he didn't join until, um, I think, like, right before they released Love Me Do, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think it was, uh, it was Pete, well, who was it, uh, the drummer before? Yeah. He's been, Pete Best, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, and um, he brought up how the Beatles um you know they they played in Hamburg for many years before they um started recording in the studio and stuff and that was attributed to why they were so successful not only in the live setting but also um recording just in general but another question here for um uh, Jack D I know that you are involved with a band down in Miami called Pump Action but tell me who is the face of that band oh man they're gonna love this advertisement here um Spencer <laughs> Ford Sage Tunes on Instagram. He's the man. He's the lead singer, rhythm guitar player. Uh, we formed that band in the fall, um, freshman year. Good group of guys. But yeah, Spencer is definitely the lead figure. But you should check him out. We have no music out or anything, but maybe one day. It's like a started as a cover band, might make it original, working on some EP stuff. That's cool. Very fun. Um, and then a question here for um, Ross, actually. Um, tell me a little bit about your, your solo project and how you had the largest audience over at the, uh, uh, the soda bar over in Philadelphia. Yeah, that was a wild, that was a wild time. Uh, that was kind of, it, was, it was weird how it came together to kind of these, these songs that I was writing that kind of really, I felt were just a little bit far off from the stuff that Beach Buzz was doing. So I kind of just tried to everything together myself and see what I could kind of just do on my own but then yeah it was kind of cool I feel like everybody um every like all five of us were such like a big part of doing that which is kind of cool John plays drums on the last song um I engineered most of the drums Jack Eric has played in the live band and helped with the bass and Jack was like huge I was sending mixes back and forth with Jack constantly and and just like all the songs like formed in this totally new thing that like everyone I'll be part of it. And that was pretty cool. And then just kind of randomly, good, the best people over at the Soda Bar, they were just, um, they were kind enough to have the EP release show there. And so many people came. It was, it was wild. Just so many. It was and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Johnny and Caleb playing guitar and drums. So that yeah, was awesome. Yeah. Our good friends, Johnny and Caleb in the live band as well. And just, yeah, it was really cool. It was like, it was cool. I was like, a, it was a solo thing, but there was just so many people involved that it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I, I know that the band was originally uh, you, Ross, um, Jack V, and John, but how did um, Eric and uh, Jack D get involved? So it was basically it was just them three at first, and uh, Jack, I guess, kind of helped out a little before on the EP and did some piano, and I had actually filled in on bass for a few shows, like our first few shows playing at, like, high school events and like nothing really that special. And I was just kind of filling in cause Jack happened to be busy. And, um, and then eventually like I got more involved I, and, um, I asked Ross to have beach fuzz play a show in my basement with a, with a different band. And then he's like, hey, do you want to be, play guitar for us? And I was like, Oh, sure. <laughs> and it kind of just like worked out after that. And then we ended up, collaborating really well and everything kind of just put went together after that uh, another question here for ross and eric actually was it true that you guys were on the um same intramural basketball team back in um, elementary school <laughs> that is true yeah my sister actually found a picture 
and it was after we had been in the band for a while and we were kind of blown away with it by it because we had i mean we had no idea like we yeah. have, i don't remember <laughs> anything about <laughs> basketball in fourth grade but <laughs> probably played each other too yeah, yeah sure. maybe <laughs> Yeah, did, did you guys like all grow up in the same place? Would you guys have all known each other beforehand or no? Uh, like, like that age, of course. It's like um, weird because um, we all went. We were all lived in the same district except for Jack. Jack V, me. Yeah, Jack V, and then we, because we, um, me, John Ross, and Jack D went to Upper Dublin. Different element. Uh, me and John went to the same elementary school, but then the rest of us were all kind of met in high school. Well, I yeah. met in sixth grade. And then I met Ross in maybe fourth or fifth. But then John, Eric, Ross, and I were all in jazz band together in high school for like part of one year too. Yeah. <laughs> and we all, we all like kind of like mutually knew each other, but not like enough that we were collaborating with music or talking about music or anything. Right. Exactly. So it's like you guys have kind of like indistinctly known each other, but you know, you, you know, for so long, but then you guys all came together and formed the band. I don't know. Yeah. How, yeah I never knew how jack met john and ross though to be honest i i've yeah. known jack since uh yeah since middle like school just for, like mutual mutual friends or yeah eighth or ninth grade and just we had mutual friends and i knew i knew that jack played the bass and i just remember one day i was like i was just i wanted to jam and i was like jack you play the bass one jam and then we jammed <laughs> and yeah it was kind of john was there yeah i was also there and john was yeah. there it's pretty low key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a little bit more about the band, I guess. Like, what is the significance behind the name Beach Fuzz? <laughs> yeah. So I actually came up with it. Honestly, like as we were like starting to be a band, we would just like send names to each other in a group chat and just like like so randomly we would yeah. just say like words in a group chat. We would already know that we're talking about a band name. <laughs> And we would just kind of like decide if it was good or not. And it like sometimes we would just send like 10 in a row and then we would just be like, oh yeah, that one's cool. But then we just <laughs> talk about it for like a week. And then, so this one time I just said beach fuzz because I was just thinking about like peach fuzz, like the fruit. And I was just thinking like, oh, you can just like change the P to a B and it like would be a cool band name. And I just sent that and they were all just like, yeah, you know what? That's like not actually that bad. And then we like, that was it kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it. The period before Beach Fuzz was, was so long. We were just like, I, I feel like that's the best we're going to do. Yeah. So like Beach Fuzz, we've, we've settled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's funny because we say now it was like, as like, after we've made like a lot more music, I feel like we sometimes like when we're just talking it's, i think it's funny that like i feel like beach fuzz like is a really good descriptor of like what our right. music sounds like which is it's kind like of we, funny that we grew into our own name yeah <laughs> <laughs> right i mean it's it's funny just like something simple like you know peach fuzz and adding an extra letter and remove it you know it's like and you yeah. guys were all able to trust each other and then you know as, as ross was saying you know it's, it's kind of a, a representation of your music it's something so small kind of becomes so much bigger than yourselves yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, but um, next question here. I, I know that like the live show is a big part of Beach Fuzz and stuff, but like, would you guys say that you prefer playing live rather than working in the studio, or like, are they equal, or, or what is it to you guys? Each of you. Uh, 
Um, I feel like it's it's very different. It's a different like sense of like fun. I feel like for all of us, True. I feel like we all like we all like really like just kind of like pouring so much effort into like tones and like producing our songs out and like getting cool drum sounds and guitar sounds and everything. And it's like super cool to have this this big all these songs that we've just worked on for hours and have the ability to tweak to get to the perfect level that we want and then release that and it's like super satisfying and like um it's just a really cool experience but then also having the ability to just go hang out in a big room full of people and play our songs and just have fun is like a whole other experience that is just like super cool and is like it's not i mean it's not like totally separate because it's all it's all the same music but it's just it's totally different and like they're both it's like so different to compare i feel like but yeah i feel like we experiment more with our live shows too with like structure yeah and we definitely mess around more in live shows which makes for a more like high energy show and more entertaining for the people watching hopefully (laughs) yeah hopefully yeah true (laughs) we definitely when we're in the studio i feel like we like geek out about like stuff and we're like yo that's so sick but like when we're like at like a show it's more just like we're trying to have fun yeah it's fun for a different reason. Yeah, not that the studio is not fun. Yeah. We're not worried about being, like, perfect, but we just want to have yeah. time. We just love playing music together. Like, every show is just so fun. It doesn't matter, like, if there's a big turnout or not. We just love playing. Just, like, getting people to move. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. That's the, all great points from each of you. And it's, in, it's interesting because, like, you know, in the live show, you're right. You have such, like, a different energy than you would in the studio after you've been recording for two, three hours, you've gone through multiple takes. It's like, it's really hard to keep that energy up. And, you know, to your point, Ross, it's like, you know, you, you pour so much time into these songs and like, you know, there's almost a sense like if you make a mistake or leave something in there, it's like, it's out there forever. But with a live show during the moment, you're able to experiment more, you know, you, you mess up and then, you know, you move on and try and get better for next time. I've heard a little bit of, about like different shows you guys have had, but um, one that I've heard is very special is um, your first show outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, New Jersey. Girl. Yeah, twenty minutes outside the state. <laughs> yeah, that was our, that was the first. I was the show of the weekend we released Casual Encounters. Yeah, I remember it was a. Uh, we got asked to play, and we were like, we had the release show the night before, and we were like, we we're like album two day. Yeah, our tour. tour. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we went. We went over, and uh, it was an outdoor show, backyard show, three bands, all from different areas. Yeah, we all just kind of we just kind of jammed out in a backyard outside. It was fun. Turned out to be the girl's birthday though at the house. Oh yeah, it'd really be a birthday party. And John got cake. cake. It was pretty good. A cake from her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. There, there was cake. <laughs> red velvet. True. Red, red velvet cake. I is recently good. had red velvet. <laughs> it's good stuff. You can't go wrong with it. It's true. true. And uh, after after we played that show, we actually went. Um, you were kind of just hanging around the area because we had never been there before and we were kind of trying to chill out. And we uh, we went by, what river was it? I don't even know. I, it was some river that we were just kind of chilling by and then eventually that led to the inspiring by the river, our new one of our new singles that we put out. I was just, I was just thinking, I think um, there were like different drafts. The lyrics kind of kept changing for that song, but it always started as like, it was a song about just like when we were all, it was just a song that kind of started, or at least the title started as from that time when we were all hanging out there. And I think, I don't even, I don't think by, like, by the river is even in the, 
Yeah, it's not the final a, lyrics of the of the song, but it's just kind of it's cool to just have that still be attached. Yeah, but um, what about um playing your sh- um I guess the inaugural show over at uh, Java's Palace in Philly? Um, for that was another fun show for you guys. Yeah, that was the one that we we did the Beatles the Beatles set, and we dressed up in uh oh, all right, <laughs> the suit and tie. But that was a, that was a really one once again like an, another example of the really high energy shows that we just that we put a lot of practice into and eventually it comes out with a really entertaining show. Did you guys like stop at all? Or did you play it like all the way through? We played from, we did a, as like an intro to the medley, we played a part of Sun King, like kind of, we just kind of jammed on that for a little bit and went through, uh, she came through the bathroom window. So it was okay. kind of, it was a, it was a piece. It was a, it was a solid piece though. So we hit, hit like four of those songs and, um, yeah, we um we we decided to just do that that chunk so we could because it was our first show we had played in a while and we just wanted to play our own songs. Yeah, get get more some more beach fuzz stuff in there and those are yeah, there's a lot of those are really fun high energy songs like Polly Pam and Me and Mr. Mu- me and Mr. Mustard that were just Bang. really fun to play at that show. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. It's so weird how like all of the weird stuff you think is on like the white album, like uh, lyrically wise. But I, I think even it's, it's to be argued that um, even on the back half of Abbey road with the medley songs, just like the, the lyrical content, you know, especially with me and Mr. Mustard about being a miser, Polythene Pam, she came in through the bathroom window, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like actually like just enjoyable. And it's, it, it, it kind of slaps too, you know, like <laughs> even though it's like a minute long, you know, it, it makes yeah. the most of it. It's catchy. Um, I, I think definitely my favorite would have to be out of the bunch, uh, Mean Mr. Mustard. Yeah, yeah great song. Great song. It's, a, it's a Beatles, the Beatles, I feel like are just, it's like shows the fact that just they can do that. They can take, um, even though it's part of this medley, they can take a, a one, about one minute song and just make it super super cool and like and just it has so much weight to it it's awesome right um but yeah you guys also did a um a live stream uh for java's palace recently but like how have you guys transitioned to being like socially distant as a band in general uh i mean definitely at first it was we didn't really know what to do because we couldn't meet up in person and that definitely inhibits a lot of things that we were planning on doing like we had basically like the whole month of March was set up with shows that had to be canceled and studio time that we can no longer use. And we kind of resorted to kind of using the limitations to our advantage, I guess. And that's kind of like what we did with the, I think I'm falling for her video. We all weren't even in the same house, but we still managed to get like a decent recording. John only had two microphones on his drum set, but it still sounds like, okay. And that's kind of like what, we want to do for the future is then like use that disadvantage to kind of like make something make something out of it that people can still enjoy and it's funny too like with going back to the social media stuff like this huge spike of everything that's happened happened as soon as everything shut down with quarantine (laughs) It's, it's just like it's wild to us that we haven't even played a show since I mean, obviously haven't played a show or been out since all this happened, but now we have this huge new set of fans and everything. So we're really excited for all the stuff that we're going to plan to work on in the future and see how like this quarantine has actually been a big benefit for us instead of hindering. Right, exactly. It's kind of like a blessing and a curse to, you know, to Eric's point being disadvantaged and all you guys were able to still make recordings. But again, to Jack D's point, you know, it's like you guys have a giant new audience since this whole quarantine thing kicked in and like, 
you know, you guys have a lot more to look forward to and work on down the road. Yeah. And just, um, I feel like, um, just the opportunity to have, uh, live streams and just the, the ones that we've done, I feel like they've all just been a lot of fun and just, it's really cool. Just, um, us and also just tons of other artists, um, around the world, just kind of putting out content just in, and, uh, having events for people to be able to join and watch. I feel like it's something, it's a cool thing to see. And it's, it's really, it's really nice to just see, to be able to put out content for people to enjoy and to be able to, to consume a bunch of other music from artists who are doing the same. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and then a couple of smaller questions like we were doing um, a little bit ago in the interview. Um, tell me a little bit about like fuzz slang, um, specifically what Ron's steakhouse is and um, describing something as being hype as John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Ron, Ron's Steakhouse was originally something that my brother, brother's friends made up and it, it means McDonald's, like the restaurant, like they would say like, oh, we're going to go to Ron's Steakhouse and get some, get some nugs. <laughs> and we, we used to, when we first started playing shows, we would go to McDonald's before every gig and just get like a 50, 50 count of chicken nuggets <laughs> and share them in the, in their living room of these people's house. Um... <laughs> But then it kind of, I kind of like mentioned one time, I was like, what if we called McDonald's Ron Steakhouse? Because it was kind of a joke between my brother. And then they all thought it was funny and kind of <laughs> just like started saying it. And no. then we named, a, we named a song after it. <laughs> when are we going to Ron's? I just realized how ridiculous that was. We would roll up with McDonald's. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just for ourselves, like we wouldn't bring any extra. It would just be for us. <laughs> hype is John that mostly started. I feel like with like hype on it, right? Yeah, true. true. And then it started this one. This one time, like I just started throwing like on it after certain <laughs> words for like extra emphasis, you know. So like, if someone said something that was like, "Oh, that's facts," I would just be like, "That's facts on it." And then we started hype worked its way in there. And then we just kind of replaced on it with as a John. And it literally doesn't mean anything. I mean, mean, John John is a word just as a Philly slang word itself, like has no meaning. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like just being around people, we all just picked it up and started saying it. And now we've just utilized into a way that it makes less sense than it did if we're talking to each other and one of us says it like we all understand but like to an outsider like probably just thinks we're we're crazy illiterate sense. yeah <laughs> right exactly hence the name uh fuzz slang <laughs> right you guys know how it works so it makes <laughs> makes yeah. Yeah, it's funny, though, you guys mentioned the whole McDonald's before show things. I, I personally have never been a big fan of the McNuggets. I think they're, like, really, like, weird. If I were to do any fast food nuggets, I'd probably pick, like, Burger King or something or Chick-fil-A, but I don't really think that counts as, like, you know, like, li- like fast fast food. <laughs> Not even – I like McDonald's. Like, it's good stuff. I love it. I mean, I just, I just avoid the chicken McNuggets at all costs. <laughs> yeah. I can see why. I can That's see why. why. They are weird. They are weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's Big Macs or busts, you know? Wow. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think anything that's like, you know, any of that weird meat, I, I don't eat. And, you know, that being said, the burgers are probably fake anyways, but who cares? You know, I, I prefer the mac sauce, a little bit of lettuce, double cheeseburger, it works. You know, going back to the whole influences thing, you guys across the board said you were all huge 
uh, hugely influenced by Tame Impala, but like, what's it like, like dancing to their music? I've heard you guys like to dance to a lot of their songs. <laughs> yeah. Out. yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> um, dude, I mean, it just makes me want to move, you know, like, I'm not going to, not going to hold it in. If I'm feeling the vibes, like I'm going to vibe. I mean, it's usually just us like hanging in Ross's house and Phil, yeah. like chilling. And then we just like, are jamming to tame <laughs> you also have like a pre-show post-show playlist and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah oh yeah a lot of our, a lot of our dancing involves like air instruments though yeah <laughs> more like we're just jamming i've heard um some of our friends have, have just some some of our friends have just mentioned to me they think it's just it's funny that like if we're if we're all together and we're we're at a place where there's music on. Somebody's always like, he's like, wait, some part's coming up. And then we're just like, we'll play a bass line. <laughs> and we're just all so invested in it. And it's or funny. it's like we're at, a, we're at a show and there's usually like a TV playing Spotify. And then like, we're just all like standing, huddling around the TV, just like, like playing air guitar. Yeah, we literally <laughs> just behave as if there's no one else there. Like, <laughs> It's so funny though. It's hype for the show though. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's and it's good conveniently actually because you know the the slow rush definitely takes more of a, a dancey approach, I suppose. So there's a lot of um, groovier tracks on there compared to Currents or Lonerism or what have you. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool direction, but it's a can't can't help myself from from playing the air drums. I, I'm always in the air drum fills, always in the bass lines. You can't. You got you know, it. You can't not do it. Um, like what, what song specifically though, like, do you guys dance to? Is there like a go-to or no? <laughs> let it happen. I feel like definitely. Let it happen. That's interesting. Let it happen. I feel like that's not really like a dance. Like if I were to dance to one song from Currents, I'd probably pick like the moment maybe. That's probably like the danciest track on there. Yeah. I mean, and the less I know, the better, of course. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a must. That's a must. Uh, oh, Air base. If yeah. you're not doing the air bass, <laughs> like, I mean, it's a, it's a sweet bass line. Exactly. Yeah. Let it happen has a lot of room for interpretation. It's eight minutes. So you can like really get a hold. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I feel like our, when let it happens on, it's a lot of, it's a lot of yeah. drum beat that's going the whole time, but it's, it's not. It's a good usually on the Dude, and then, but then the guitar solo hits and then, you know, we're all playing, you know, doing that. <laughs> of course. I feel like the last two minutes of that song with the whole, like, you know, switching channels and stuff. Like, I feel like I couldn't really dance to that, but I guess, like, the first, like, you know, two, three, four minutes, maybe I could. Have you tried? No, <laughs> but I will. You got to come hang with us. Come hang with us, and you'll be dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. But next up here, I guess, like, towards the, the studio side of things here, can you, like, describe your process for making a song? So, um, let's see. I'm trying to uh, – the way we've we've – it's it's definitely changing as we've we've had some uh, we've been lucky enough to just have some some more access to some bigger places to record and just um, just uh, all of us being around the city during the school year just has gives us um, some other opportunities to meet up and and write that way. But um, I think a lot of the way a lot of the times that uh, songs will come about um, usually uh, I'll come up with a, an idea or Eric or so yeah, Eric or Jack or really anyone will come up with the base idea for the song and we'll kind of we'll flush it out like in a logic demo file with the with like MIDI drums and preset DI guitars and uh, MIDI synths and all that stuff and just kind of get 
the fool in the song all down and uh we'll kind of sometimes we'll pass it around and just or be on facetime just kind of pitching different parts for different songs and different ideas and uh we always try i feel like to to know kind of the production side of a song like what a song is going to sound like before we really get into a studio uh or into a place where we're going to record and uh yeah we'll just kind of go in we'll do drums and just kind of just relayer all the parts um either into that same logic file and just kind of delete things as we go or into a new um into a new session and just kind of we get um all those tracks in and as we as we play them we come up with uh different things as we're doing the takes and just kind of the songs will evolve from there and then uh yeah we kind of mix and go on from there yeah it's pretty cool it's a big collaborative effort everybody's kind of always pitching cool like production ideas and um places that the song can go and i feel like we always we work pretty hard and then we've been uh, pretty happy with the products we've, we've come out with. Yeah, absolutely. Especially on the new single. It sounds great. I, I love bands that always work together and always, you know, contribute ideas, either small or big. I like how, you know, each you know member kind of gets their own twist into a song and they kind of get credit for it. I think that's definitely the fun part of it. Also those, those two new songs mixed by or engineered by our good friend, uh, good friend, uh, Hank Byerly. So that was a super cool experience kind of, working with a different engineer and helping us uh, get some really cool sounds. And that was the first like professional studio that we got to, we were able to work in. Uh, and then I, I go to the university of the arts and we just had a, a brand new studio built. So we've luckily gotten to record some new stuff in there too, which is like a huge change of pace from the normal basement recordings in Jack's Jack's basement or like, <laughs> yeah, like, there it is the whole studio. Yeah, so we we basically have gotten a lot more um, facilities that we didn't have access to before, and that's definitely helped us change our way of writing and producing our music. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as you said, Eric, you know, working in a studio, it's you, you definitely have a little bit more room to work out things. You know, compared to working in a basement, you're kind of confined to that space. You're confined to what you have on hand. But a studio usually has a lot more at your disposal to work with. Yeah, like I, there's been. There was a whole session that that we did during the winter that was just testing five different guitar amps and using different microphones and making sure it all sounds good. And we eventually got something that we were happy with. But it's it's a shame that we can't really like finish those tracks till we have that access again. But hopefully we'll get back to that soon. Yeah, absolutely. And Ross, it was interesting. You kind of segued into my next question about which um, which aspect of like songwriting do you prefer more, like lyricism or production value and instrumentation? I know you said production for the band, but I didn't know if anyone else had to comment on that, on which they prefer or whatever. <laughs> Jack Veneri, I say that. I say that definitely. I said um, like in the past, I think that we focused like way more on the instrumentation. But I think now that we're trying to like, like as we're getting better at writing lyrics, I think that we're like trying to create like better melodies and like, even that's instrumentation. Like, you know, we'll like put like a synth line in the beginning and like, that'll be like placeholder for like what we're thinking about doing. But I would say that the instrumentation is probably at the forefront for us. Yeah. I've always just personally found, I feel like, I've just always had more of a connection to even just songs I've been a fan of. I've always found more of a connection to the actual, the actual music rather just me personally. I'm not um, the biggest uh, lyrics person. So I feel like it's kind of a, um, 
I think it's really cool. And I feel like as I've just gotten older and been listening to more music, I'm just finding a, new, a cooler appreciation and like connection to a lot of lyrics. But I always um, love the trying to just recreate just um, this feeling I'm trying to convey through the instrumentation, the production. I think that's like a lot of fun and really rewarding when, when it works out. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me too, even like, I think production really resonates. It's it's like something that you, you see first and you kind of are like, okay, this sounds cool first. Whereas, you know, the lyrics, it takes a little bit longer to kind of dissect them, understand them and be able to appreciate them in the same light. We're not trying to get super deep with our lyrics, but we definitely want people to take the, like a, the catchy phrase or a chorus line and stick, have that stick with them. Like join the club, for example, is such a simple phrase, but it sticks with you just the, I think the melody, the way it's sung it, and how much it's repeated. Like when you, when you're done listening to that song, just that simple phrase sticks with you. And so I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the deepness and like, like you were saying, dissecting the lyrics, but you want people to hear them and resonate with them right away. I think that with our music. And I think I've, uh, I like just kind of the way we've tried just because as we're, we're still kind of, we're learning a lot about like writing lyrics and as we listen to music and, and write our own music. And I think it's pretty cool to have, especially some of our earlier songs just kind of have these sets of lyrics that, that really anybody can kind of put their own, their own meaning to, cause it can kind of, it can go in so many different directions. So to um, whoever listens to it can really can kind of make it about um, a lot of different things that they, that they feel personally. And I think that's something that's, that's pretty cool. And I, it's just, yeah, really cool to see see that happen especially with our music so like what are some of your favorite songs that you guys have all made together over these last couple of years and is there any reason why like are there any fun stories behind them or uh, i can go first my favorite one sure. is cross my mind um maybe selfishly because there's a big <laughs> but i also um i like i we had the whole mix done of that song and then i got i went back and wrote that solo out like on a on sheet music, so I was really proud of that. But I also think that song is really cool. It was something we recorded live, and it's the only song on Casual Encounters that we did pretty much all together. Um, usually for that album, we did multi-track recordings, so like John would go, and then maybe Ross would add something, whatever. But I think maybe three or four of us were all together for that, and I think it really resonates when you listen to that song's feel and how like unified it sounds. Um, it was actually the last song we recorded too for the album, but I was just really proud of how that song came out and how clean it sounded all together. Um, I think my, one of my favorite ones that we've done is uh, one of the new ones, Talking. And I think that one's really cool just because it was a, we pulled, that was one where we kind of, everyone just really like pitched in a bunch of different things and it was a, a couple different sections of like multiple, just totally separate ideas that weren't necessarily forming anything on their own but i just remember one day just kind of like we were all thinking we were like we could just kind of go put these together and they all worked like really really well and just kind of um yeah i don't know i think the just the recording of that song and everything it's funny like listening back to the demo that song that we that we got really excited about after having done the recorded version it's just it has a totally different energy it's like a lot slower and it wasn't a it was just a lot different but then it's really cool to like i feel like that song especially you can tell like when we were in the studio, we, we started pushing it a little bit faster. Those are also done live and it was just, uh, um, yeah, it was a totally different energy. And I feel like that's just a really, it's a really cool thing. It's a, it's a, it was a cool thing to see that. And it's, as it's something that we could keep doing in the future in a, 
Yeah, I, for me, it's definitely talking and by the river were really, really fun to record because we had that live setting. And it, Jack D was still in Miami at the time, but the rest of us were live recording. And that was something that was kind of new to us at the time, but it was still like a really fun experience. And and even like when we were just re- working those songs out in like my basement over the summer, like that was a really fun experience to kind of just go through them and collaborate together in person, which we haven't really done that much we kind of just done more like dropbox this thing over listen to it right apart throw it back but um yeah those definitely those two so i think also for me probably cross my mind or talking um i just remember like cross my mind we like we said before it was like our first kind of live song that was like mostly live and um i remember we did it like a bunch of times and you know it's just satisfying to like try something a bunch of times and then the last time it's like all right that one was pretty solid and that that was like actually the same deal with talking like i remember i think like before we kind of got the finished product together there's like a second at the end of the recording where you can hear me i say something like yeah i think that was the one or something like that (laughs) i just like we played it so well um just that one take just came together so well and i was just like yeah that was really good which one did we did do more takes of talking or by the river i think by the river yeah, yeah, by the river. Like a ridiculous number yeah, yeah. it's like in 20 or something like that yeah yeah fire I, I feel like all of us like really like talking yeah like i feel like that's where like back to the dancing thing i feel like talking is where the dancing like really started <laughs> Because we would, like, listen to the demo and, like, jam out in Ross's house. But, yeah, talking is probably my favorite. Yeah. More casual encounters. Ross said live live sound, like, live music recordings. It's kind of funny that we felt that way. Yeah, I mean, it's more more personal that way when we're all together and recording and – when it, rather than just like one person recording a part, next person record the part, because that's kind of an, like, egregious long process to get through that. But – it's a lot quicker and it's like you kind of get the results right away i also think just like when we're all playing together at yeah. the same time it's like it's so much more emotional like between all of us like i feel yeah. like you yeah, the chemistry. yeah you can like hear together. the chemistry yeah and it's and it's tough because jack d you're based in miami and like everyone else is you know in, around the philly area so yeah i'm sure it's definitely tough to have to send virtual recordings you know as you said dropbox and i think that's um it's definitely you're right there's a different energy when you guys are all together and recording you know you, know, you guys can all bounce off of each other which i think is very special mm-hmm. yeah so i was gonna ask the like the flip side of that question here like if there was one song you could delete from all of beach fuzz's discography what would it be Ooh, man. Uh, I, don't I, I think uh i don't know if this is the the way in that you want i think there's a couple songs from our first ep that i would love to like delete but then like redo i would like to delete them but then just kind of and bring them and revive them um yeah the song from our first ep called oh no um is like is really cool and i was like i remember when we were making that i remember it was one day like me and john in my house and we saw this youtube video where a person made a drum reverb out of a garden hose and we were like we have to try that just to see what would happen and so we did it and uh, it like kind of worked, but we didn't, it was just like, we were kind of like learning production. We were kind of trying a bunch of different things with that song. 
And I think, um, yeah, it was just kind of, you could hear us learning on that song. And I think it would be pretty cool to kind of having learned a bunch of new stuff, take that one again and, and bring it back. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say we hate any song. Or we yeah. wish, like, I just feel like we all want them to be better. But I feel like that's just like us, like putting out something and then just like, listening to it and being like uh we should have done this yeah it's just like part of the learning process and like getting better yeah it's just part of part of releasing music in general yeah i feel like it'll never go away yeah yeah no (laughs) but that's like the point because like what it would be bad if we made something we were like wow like wow we could get better than that (laughs) yeah for sure i think i think that's definitely a valid point there um, but like, if 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 like you know, you could tell your past self one thing, what would it be? Like knowing everything that you do now about you know making music, you know experiences that you've had that you wouldn't want to repeat, whatever. I guess just keep going because it seems such so daunting when you first start a band, and to I think that we've had a really good uh, work ethic when putting out releases and. Uh, if we had, didn't have that like workflow, then who knows if we would have even had any fans, let alone the whatever, how many people are listening to us now, which is insane. Yeah. At the core of all that, too, is that like we just like making music and having fun. Like, yeah. like, even, like before we even really tried, started taking it super seriously, it was we would just like enjoy getting together just to jam. Like there wasn't anything behind it. Um, and I think that's still prevalent. And I, I don't think that I, uh, that'll really ever go away because playing music together is just so fun. And we all just get so much joy out of it. Right. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, especially being in college now and, like, you know, some of our classes are, like, pretty hard. I just think, like, you know, when when you love something so much, like, you will make time for, you know, that thing it is. And for us, it, it's just music with the five of us. And, you know, I think as busy as we are, like we're always going to find time to, you know, keep trying to make new stuff or keep playing in front of people um, until we like literally can't, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like a good, um, I'm, I was thinking about what you said to tell something I could tell my past self. I feel like something I've, I've wished I kept up with. I always, I feel like finishing, like finishing things, finishing like a demo or finishing a mix or something like that is just kind of don't leave things, uh, procrastinate on things and don't push things farther because it just uh like eric was saying it is it it does feel sometimes it feels like there's a lot to get done when trying to like conceptualize an album or write songs and things like that and i feel like just uh i'm always finding it really important now that if i'm if i'm writing a song even if i don't if i don't love how the song's turning out so far i feel like it's just important to finish it if i can because even if it's not it's not amazing you're still you're still learning just so much finishing a piece of music and just the next one you make will could be could be the number one hit you know absolutely i think that's a great way to finish off the question there ross especially because you know like even if you it's it's important to be devoted to every track you make regardless if it's going to be on the album or if it's not i think that's always important and as you said you can always learn something new by just finishing something even though it might not be used you know you can use it for the next track or whatever else is coming up and it's just uh i always i always think about this i feel like every time i go sit down to write a song i forget how how i've ever written (laughs) any song before and i don't know how i was i sit down with my guitar i'm like are there any chords besides E major seven i don't know (laughs) 
but it's just kind of like just getting through even just the <laughs> one idea even if you don't love it just coming uh finishing the whole thing it's just a it's a really rewarding experience just to have that finished product and the next one you you're definitely going into it having learned something else yeah it's definitely like just keep at it and you have to keep throwing things at the wall and then eventually one will stick because you can work really hard on a song and then listen back to it a day later and be like, Oh, this actually sucks. I'm not going to put that. <laughs> actually, that is casual and casual. I remember when we first recorded it, like we were all really afraid that that song was not that good. Like the first mixes were kind of rough and we were a little like nervous that that song wasn't going to come together. And by the end, it's definitely one of probably collectively one of our favorite songs that we've ever made. For sure. It just took a lot of work to get there, but once it got there, it was really special. Yeah, definitely. Do you have like any other projects in the works right now, like an EP, an album, whatever? Like, and um, can you share any details about that at the moment? Um, we're trying to record. Just kind of, we're uh, messing around with writing and recording. That way, we uh, we just did um, that. Uh, I think a Montford video. Um, so just kind of that separate um, recording and and demo writing process. And so um, yeah, we've had. We've all had just some some ideas just from the past couple of months um, that we've been writing on our own. And I think, uh, yeah, we're going to be trying to put those together over the next couple of months and we'll see we'll see what comes of it. But it's exciting just to, um, yeah, we're just going to keep working as, as, as long as we can and try and make the most out of uh, these limitations that are uh, going on right now. But, yeah. Good for you guys. I'm very excited to see what comes. Thanks. Thanks. What do you guys want people listening to this out there to know about Beach Fuzz, you, your music, whatever it may be? For me, it's definitely just to know that we're just like some dudes. We're still in school. <laughs> we're students. Like we're we're not these like we're literally just like random dudes. Like <laughs> we're not really like I I don't know I yeah I don't we're, really we're having it. fun doing it. Like it's just kind of it's, it's just awesome. kind of a fun thing. Yeah. And hopefully, like, what we're making can make people's days better. That's, ex I mean, because that's what music is to, I feel like all, all of us is, it's just a way to, like, express how we feel. And if other people can connect to that, and then that's, our, our mission was succeeded. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially because, like, you know, I really like how a lot of these bands who have, you know, taken an interview with me, it, it means so much because, I don't like how our, you know, people in this country kind of leave the title of musician, so to speak, for like the select few, the ones that are very popular. I feel like if you're putting yourself out there and just making music, regardless if you're successful or not, like you should get that same respect, you know? Yeah. yeah. That, well, I think that's really important to us too. Like the Philly DIY scene has like taught us that message too. Like we meet so many new bands every single time we play and everybody that we meet, like whether they be from Philly or anywhere like South Carolina, New York, it doesn't matter. They all have the same kind of passion for it that we do, um, regardless of how big they are. And I think that like finding that sense of community has been like really important for our message, which is really that same message for everybody too, that like music is just an amazing thing that we're all so passionate to, to play and share with everyone. Yeah. I feel like music means like collectively so much to us. Like if we're like happy, like turn on, let it happen if we're sad we turn on whatever and like i just feel like part of the reason why we all like to create is to like you know 
do exactly that like connect it with like what we're feeling and like help other people if they're feeling something you know yeah absolutely and especially you know i'm no, I'm no musician myself but i'm sure when you guys write lyrics you know when what a feeling whatever kind of emotion you do and you know having people reach out to you being like hey you know this really inspired me thank you so much for you know it's like people out there are going through the same fundamental struggles as you and i, I think it's very special to have that kind of connection with your fans definitely yeah yeah we've gotten a, a few messages through tiktok uh or just dms on instagram saying like your music has really helped helped me through quarantine or this is it's made it at least like a little bit more bearable and that like the best thing that we can hear yeah it, just, it really means a lot to us just like i feel like we all just have such a a big connection to these songs just after pouring hours and hours into them it's just and big connection to so many other so many so much music and so many artists out there and just it's super cool and it just makes us it just makes us happy to make sure that um if our music is making other people happy as well absolutely and that's why i think being involved with music is just you know such a rewarding career it's just crazy because like i feel like when we were all starting this whole thing like never did i ever think that like random people that i've never met before would like be saying stuff like that about our music so like just ever since that started happening it's just made everything like feel surreal honestly i feel i've just have never thought that this would happen and we just have this you know slowly growing fan base and it's just awesome to have like find that people are really you know into our stuff now i feel like it's just a lot of just like i guess the goal is just try just try a bunch of different stuff and i feel like that's what's really cool just about having this this kind of um this project or just this kind of thing to be able to release music under and this this name of beach fuzz and just to have the five of us be able to collaborate in different ways and and make things so I feel like it's just a cool goal to just uh just keep trying different things and keep making different kinds of content different types of songs and seeing what happens and keep working yeah that's awesome well thank you so much again guys really appreciate you coming on and everyone out there listening definitely be sure to go check out Beach Fuzz's music go follow them on TikTok show them some love all right Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys again. I mean, I really appreciate you guys sitting down. It means a lot. And I wish you guys the best of luck. You guys are off to a great start. And I, I see big things coming.